Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 79. Episode number 79 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Dubron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who have been busting their ass battling this COVID. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way we always 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 have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very 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 important please do not forget your boy denzel has official bronx bias podcast merchandise available for purchase you can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com b-r-o-n-x B-I-A-S-P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot MyShopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. I've got hoodies. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I've got COVID masks and I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. I am an independent potter from the BXMY. And supporting the merchandise, guys, is just a great way to help keep go keep the podcast going the way that it is. You know, I don't have no sponsorships. I don't have no deals as of yet. So just supporting the merch um, is just a great way to keep the podcast running the way that it is. Um, and I sincerely, truly appreciate every single person who has gone out there and supported me with the merch. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. None of this stuff would be possible without you guys. So... I really, really appreciate it, and I encourage 
If you can, again, I understand everyone's financial situations are different. I'm only saying if you can and you listen to the show and you like it a little bit, go on the site, get yourself an item, help a brother out, and I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, And again, I sincerely appreciate every single person who has supported the merch and purchased the merch from me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And with all of that being said... We are going to have a great, great, great show today, fully, fully, fully packed, and I'm in an amazing mood, I'm in a tremendous mood, and I am ready to go, so let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song, an ultimate classic joint. I had to put it, I had to play for y'all today at Ultimate Classic Joint, and it is called The Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep off of the album A Wolf and Sheep's Clothing. And this is as classic as classic gets. This is one of the this is one of the records that you teach someone who knows nothing about hip hop. This is one of the records that you play for them as an introduction into the craft and the art form of hip hop. Uh, ultimate classic joint. Um, shout out to all my early 2000s kids who was playing the PlayStation 2 NBA Street Volume 2, the greatest sports video game ever made. This song was one of the the ultimate joints on it. Man, it just you know what's great about that video game, NBA Street Volume 2 for the PlayStation, for the GameCube, for the Xbox, the original Xbox, was that it had so many classic hip-hop tracks on it that it taught a lot of the 2000s kids, early 2000s kids, about hip-hop, like the old joints, right? Um, you know, you had Chief Rocco on there from Lords of the Underground. You had uh, uh, They Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. You had this song, uh, The Choice Is Yours. It just had so many classic hip-hop joints on that video game, and it kind of taught a lot of us kids who didn't know anything about it at the time about these classic joints. And that was one of the greatest video games ever man shout out to nba street volume 2 one of the best video games ever because of the gameplay and because of the classic hip-hop joints that was played for the entirety of the video game soundtrack and like it really impacted me i learned so much about hip-hop just by playing a video game like you know i learned so many songs that i didn't know of at being a kid you know, just from playing a video game and i thought that was super dope i think they need to do that really with more video games put classic hip-hop joints or maybe forgotten great hip-hop tracks on the video games to help teach the kids about the classics, the old-school joints that, you know, people was rocking before we was even born or when we were just born. So that's just something I think that video games should do because video games is really marketed to young people. You know, young people love video games. So in a a sense, it would be a great way to educate them about the classic music um, that was rocking before they was even born and it helps keep the culture of hip-hop alive because hip-hop is the biggest culture in the world so that is one of the most classic hip-hop joints ever i wanted to play for you guys because it's one of my favorite songs and uh, shout out to black sheep now it is time for my favorite 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 segment of the podcast and it is called bronx facts <laughs> For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show. 
just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is... The Lehman Center for Performing Arts is the borough of the Bronx's premier concert hall and one of New York's finest and most exciting non-for-profit performing arts centers. From timeless musicians like B.B. King to popular musicals like Hair, the Lehman Center has plenty of Manhattan-style entertainment without paying Manhattan prices. For more information or how to get tickets or donate to the center, you can visit their website at lehmancenter.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 79. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right. We're getting right to it today. We have a very, 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 very special guest. It's only special guests that appear here on the Bronx Bias podcast. But today we have special guest Kay Love, who is an artist, a screen printer, an urban gardener, and my favorite, a defender of the Bronx. Kay, thank you for so much for taking some time out to come talk to me today. How thank are you. you? Please, Denzel. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it immensely. Thank you for hyping me up as well. Uh, that was a good intro. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners, man. Thank you for being here. It's appreciated. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Can you tell the people where are the places that you could be found if they want to get in contact with you or to see all the work that you're doing outside in the community with the Bronx and all your other areas? Cool. So if people want to see me, um, I'm going through a little rebranding uh, episode right now, but you could definitely hit me up on Instagram. It's KLoveBX, K-A-Y-L-O-V-E-B-X on Instagram. Um, I also have a website, www.klovebx.com, which is currently under uh, construction. And I'm also at on Twitter, klovebx. You can find me in those three spots right now. Great, great, great. So, Kay, the first thing I want to uh, talk to you about is um, what you're doing right now currently. Because I've seen on Instagram, because I follow you, I see you had a recent show, an art exhibition. And I also saw that you were working with the Bronx Principal doing some work with the kids. So can we kick it off with you talking about a little bit your show that you had, your recent art exhibition, and also the work you're doing with the kids? Yeah, cool. So recently, um, I'm in part of a show at the Walworks Gallery. Uh, it's a group show with Lady Pink, who is a pioneer in graffiti, one of the first women to do tops to bottoms in, on cars. Um, and the gallery is owned by Crash Matos, another graffiti pioneer for the Boogie Down Bronx. Uh, so he gave me an opportunity to showcase um, my graffiti portraits because I was doing a series of pen and ink portraits at home. Um, and at the same time, Lady Pink was doing portraits as well. So Crash gave me a call, asked me if I wanted to be part of a show. And I was just honored because I'm a graduate from the High School of Art and Design and so is Lady Pink. Um, and the High School of Art and Design is known to be a, the mecca of graffiti pioneers and graffiti school and fashion as well and music. Uh, so it was a great honor. So it was like a, a 180 for me, right? Two powerful females, you know, showcasing their work. Uh, so it's on until November 17th. The opening was October 16th. So it's my portraits uh, along with her portraits. So I have portraits of like 
pioneers of graffiti, like uh, Case 2, uh, I did a portrait of Crash, uh, Phase 2, Lady Pink, Doze, um, and she also has her portraits that are up as well. Uh, so it's a pretty cool show. Uh, the show is open if you guys want to see it, and the works are available for sale. So far, I've sold a couple of pieces, so I'm kind of happy. Um, so you guys just have to call the Warworks Gallery, and you can make an appointment to catch the show. That is and, awesome. Yeah. That is and awesome. then the thank you, thank you. I mean, it's it's a big deal, you know, to get to get be put in an exhibition um, in a gallery space. Gallery spaces right now, even prior to what everything that's going on, it's it's a real hard thing to do. It's a real hard thing to get into. The art world is uh, very uh, picky and controlling um, of what artists they feel are worthy of being shown. Uh, and I'm just happy that Crash has given us a space and the opportunity to showcase our work. And he's always looking out, him and his daughter, Anna, uh, shout out to Anna as well. Uh, they're always looking out for Bronx sites and um, uh, just down to earth artists, you know, to give them that chance and that platform because it's a big deal, man. Uh, you know, to be in a gallery is a, is a big deal. So I'm, I'm humbled by it and I'm thankful for the opportunity and I'm thankful for him. <laughs> yes, thank, shout out to Crash, man, shout out to him. Yeah been doing it for a long time man yeah. a long time so Definitely. i'm glad that you know it's always great to give the love back too you know you never mm -hmm. want to get too big where you're not giving back or showing love to the people who also are doing things that you're doing who may not be getting shine that's what i love doing on the show you know bringing people on who don't necessarily get the shine or who've been doing grinding working for mad yep. long and never really get the recognition and i'm just want them to know like yo i see you so I just want to give you a chance to like come on and kick it because you got game and I'm sure yeah. people can get a lot from it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and what you're doing yourself is important too, right? You know, to have a podcast, to have that opportunity to 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 showcase your talents as well, right? Because it takes a it's a big job to be behind the mic, to pose these questions, right? And to think of the context, right? And to find those people that you want to interview. And then regardless of the size of the audience, you have an audience. And you're reaching out to those people and then those people reach out to other people and it's it's a collective force so thank you too thank you yes yeah so now can you tell us what you've been doing with the kids i've been seeing you out you've been having the kids doing a little something you've been working hand in hand with the youth so can you talk a little bit about that yeah so um i am part of the organization called windows of hip-hop um we're a nonprofit organization um that comprises of some of the great pioneers hip-hop melly mel grandmaster Cass. Uh, the CEO and the director is Melissa Lee Bronx. So our organization is all about teaching the kids the elements of hip hop uh, from b-boying to Kaz's Corner, where they teach the kids how to write a rhyme, uh, to my section where I do graffiti 101 classes and I teach them the beginning of graffiti from uh, the first tags uh, to the history of New York City graffiti and show them how to develop their graffiti and show them how you could take something that was birthed out of um, the streets and something illegal and I'll make it a, a legal living um, out of it. Um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. So we got this grant from DOE and we're teaching the kids, me and Andre Trainer, uh, we're doing a mural and it's, uh, I teach the kids how to, how to basically how to paint, you know, um, and how to develop their letters and how the letters also are like b-boys and b-girls how they move and they connect and they dance and they flow um and how it's still relevant today how people thought graffiti was such a bad thing you know but here you have people like lady pink um crash 
you know, exhibiting and people collecting their work, paying thousands of dollars for their work, you know. So it's important that the kids hear it from the people's mouths that actually do it um, and have benefit from it. And I also teach them, like, I was arrested, you know, um, and I teach them and I let them know I was arrested for graffiti. It taught me a lesson, you know. Um, I'm not sh ashamed about it. Um, I, you know, it's, you know, I can't be shameful of my past. It, it makes me who I am, but I want to be realistic with the kids, you know, uh, that despite being arrested for it, I continue to do it and use it as a tool to teach others, you know, because uh, art is therapy, art is therapeutic, regardless of the tools that you use, regardless if it's oil paint or a spray can, right? It is still an expression of of yourself and whatever maybe the politics of today or whatever's going on socially it's a means and a way to express yourself so i think it's important to teach the kids that because especially now in a world like today that they're so um entrapped right uh they're all contained into these boxes and especially during the pandemic a lot of kids they didn't have outlets so people forget that you know, after school programs or rec centers and parks and all these things where they're outlets, they're escaped from, you don't know what was going on at home. And then when this whole event happened, you know, we shut down parks, playgrounds. Um, and I know the importance of that because I'm a former uh, deputy chief of recreation here for the Bronx that I worked for the parks department for 17 years. I recently resigned a couple of months ago. Um, it was time for me to move on. Uh, when things don't align with you and who you are, you just know it's time to move, to move on. And um, I want to stay here in this world to continue to do what I did and to teach the kids because, man, those kids out in the streets without outlets and after school programs and rec centers and parks, they don't they don't have anything. And um, art helps them, you know, so I think this is what we do is very important for the kids. And it, if we're to come out from a mouth that looks like them, um, someone that comes from where they come from. Even though a lot of kids, when they hear me speak Spanish, they're a little perplexed. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, uh, they're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm Boricua. And they're like, oh, you know, and some kids don't even know what that is. I'm like, that means Puerto Rican. Um, I'm Puerto Rican, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you never know, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing that I'm doing right now with the kids. Um, fun project. Uh, I love working with the kids. I just think that we got to be the storytellers, man. And we got to teach these skills to the kids. And, and look, people thought that hip hop was a phase, right? You know, they thought it was going to die out. I remember in the eighties, there used to be Flintstone commercials, serial commercials, all rapping. And everybody's like, Oh, this is a phase. It's going to die out. But look, everyone wants to be a part of hip hop, right? Straight up. Everybody everybody but as long as we're still the ones that control it not control it per se but are the caretakers of it um i think it will it will always remain pure in a way especially through the kids yes yes mm -hmm. i that really that that touches me because as a kid growing up you know i when i was in middle school or in elementary school there weren't a lot of these programs, right? So I understand, like, mm -hmm. you speak and everything that you're saying is 100% true. So the way that we had our fun is we would just go to the park mm -hmm. or we maybe go hang out at somebody's house, you know, play the video games or whatever. We just did what, what we just did with what we had, yep. right? we, which wasn't much. So mm -hmm. to have this, this new uh, venture where you're actually <laughs> teaching the kids the art and, key, and teaching them young, 
right? So then Mm -hmm. they have this, they grow up with it. They don't just learn it when they're maybe a teenager or even an adult. That is how we help give the love back. You know, Mm -hmm. you teach a kid about the history of graffiti or the beginnings of hip hop. They grow up with that. Then they can teach their kids and they can tell their friends. And then hip hop doesn't become this corporate structure, this corporate entity. It stays how it began with the people on Sedgwick Avenue. So you know, we and listen, I, I know it. I, I, I grew up in 1889 Sedgwick. Cedar Park was right behind me. So to me, it, it, it was all I always say it. And I, I tell my friends and I tell my wife, I said, I feel blessed. One, I'm Boricua. <laughs> Given. Uh, we're very proud people. Two, I'm from the Bronx, man. I was born in the Bronx. I was born in 75, a, a very important year in, in, in hip hop history. In, in graffiti and breaking, you know, and Cedar Park was right behind me. So when uh, they were throwing those jams, I was like two, three, four, five. You know, I heard that. I grew up with B-boys and B-girls in the back in Cedar Park. I first learned how to do graffiti behind the building as a little kid. No one was teaching me, picking up the scrap cans that the guys left on the floor. So I would sneak out at night, pick up the cans, shake them, see if there was any paint left, and then tag up on the wall, you know. Uh, so it's, I feel very fortunate, you know, that, that hip hop, hip hop literally saves people's lives, man. And people, I don't think they understand it and they don't see it, but to be from this borough, it's, it's, it's a big deal, yo. And I understand, like, I can see why people want a piece of it for themselves or want to claim it, you know, or, you know, I want to be part of it, but you got to be about it. And I don't think people understand that. It's not something that you could just commodify or something. Oh, I bought this Bronx T-shirt now. Ooh, I'm all cool now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just moved into the borough. I live in the South Bronx. Let me go get this T-shirt, you know, and let me year. You know, it's like, nah. <laughs> you know, when you saw the fires burning in the 70s and the 80s, hmm. and when you saw the red tops and the blue tops on the floor, you know, when you couldn't walk in the park or walk on a certain side of the street. I grew up on Burnside Avenue. Burnside was literally burnt up. It was literally burnt up. And my parents used to say, don't walk on that right side because the buildings were abandoned. They were burnt out. And they were like drug dens. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't be all part of that and embrace that part, I don't want to hear yeah coming out your mouth. You know? Facts. Facts. Like, facts. We, I don't, you know, if we start talking about the the gentrification of it, that's going to be a three-hour podcast. Don't, don't even get to me, man. That's, so, what the whole, that's what the whole hashtag What Piano District was about that I started when that whole thing, that whole debacle yes. with Rubenstein. And, like, I mean, we could go on. That could be another podcast. Yes. How they, they used fellow artists. That they, like, my people didn't even notice. Like, they're using you as an artist to gain property, you know, yes. like, they're using you. They're giving you the storefront and leasing it to you for like nothing this first year because they want a face of color there to show people, oh, look, yeah, I'm hooking up a, a someone, a designer, face of color here. But then they pull the lease right under you the next year after they already used you, after they already got their property, you know? Mm. But that's another conversation. That's another conversation to be had by, by, by many, you know? But people don't want to talk about it, especially the ones who have benefited off of it. You know, benefited, benefited off our borough, the way our culture, our aesthetics, you know, like I don't even want to get into it because 
I know there'll be people watching this because people be lurking on my on my page as it is, man. So, and we have a saying in Puerto Rico, you know, tengo pelo mi lengua, which means I don't have hair on my tongue. And that means I say what I have to say. And that that is it. I don't know. But anyway. That's, hey, you, right now, you touching my heart because as soon as like, I even like start to think about those things, if I have the mic on and I and I'm not focused on what I'm like the edit, it's like it could go for an hour, it could go for two hours, it could go for three hours, just like because what we see and what we know, right? Yeah. So it's like it's it's such a touchy subject because this is where we call home, and for a long time where we call home was not respected in a certain manner, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's become cool to try to co-op the culture yeah. that's been here for years that no one respected. That everyone turned a turned a blind eye to, or everyone had something slick to say out their mouth. Yes. But now, because hip hop is the number one genre in the world, and it's been it's founded and started by Black people and Hispanic people in the Bronx, there's an opportunity to make so much money from it. Now mm-hmm. everyone wants to try and creep their way in, and yep. so now the the people who've been fostering the culture and keeping it alive for all these years with no money for it, just because it's mm-hmm. something that they love. Now, when we start to speak about how it's been taken away from us, we got, oh, we wrong, we bitter. So yep. I'm with you. I'm with you, Kay. I'm so yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. And it's very important, at least that we keep speaking about it. And we keep, yeah. we have, we have a firsthand experience. You know, we have a firsthand account. You know, this is what mm-hmm. we live. This is who we are. So our, when we speak about this, this is not no fabrication this is not no grandstanding mm-hmm. or trying to sound and look cool this is real life for us yeah. so i'm with get, you i'm with that. you you know they don't they don't get that and, and and especially a lot of our own within the borough you know like come on like like you guys weren't on these lines you guys like you weren't on the cheese lines you weren't on you know you weren't even around when we had the old paper wick stamps like you know, like, don't try to claim something that you weren't a part of, that other people were a part of, you know? That's like someone from Riverdale that lives in a condominium. Yeah, come on. You can't claim the whole boogie. You're not, you can't do that, right? Because you are not part of that fabric. That's, we're the part that you guys scoff at, that you guys don't like, right? The West Bronx, the South Boogie right uh gun hill you got your throgs neck you got your riverdale i mean i live in morris park now i've lived in morris park for a while now and now even here morris park we got lower morris park they want they want to say "Ooh, lower morris park and upper morris park and i'm like lower and upper morris park i'm like one this is not even hood here i'm like this is no i mean yeah try but this is not hood here i up it's up to my guys around here, but compared to how where I lived, you know, growing up on Cedric and Burnside, you know, shootouts all day long, every day. It was a different survival tactic back then. Like survival back in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s was way different what these what these young cats got now. The struggle's nowhere near the same at all, at all, at all. And I and I think that's the problem. Is is embrace the struggle, you know? You got to embrace that struggle. And many of our people don't. And it's just, it's crazy. They want to profit off the struggle, but they don't want to embrace the struggle. 
That's it right there. That's it right drink, there. Let me drink my water, my my business. <laughs> facts though. It's straight facts. Like, and every you know, it's funny, water, people. every time I talk to somebody from the Bronx, right? It, it sometimes we don't even try to like bring that aspect up about it. So like we'll just be talking about whatever, something. And it'll just come up because it's something that we all see. It's something that we, it's not even, I would say it's hiding in plain sight. Like we all see it. And this is going to affect the people who have lived here for years. People who were living and struggling and where people say, I would never come to the Bronx. People saying I would never get an apartment here. I'll never get a house here or had all this negative energy toward it. And now, because there's a little bit of dollars here, that is what's changing everybody's mind. No, remember what you used to think and remember what you used to say about everybody who was up here. And now, because it's a little bit of dollars up here, oh, now you want to be cool. Now you want to put your arm around us. Where was that arm before when we really needed it? When we was really in the mud? It wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And that's all that we're trying to say. Like, we're not saying that we don't want to be invited. The hip-hop culture is for everyone. But it's like, yo, you can't disrespect the people who have been in the struggle, in the mud, Mm -hmm. just because there's a few dollars and cents up here. You can't push everybody out who is the reason why you're here. The reason why you're here is because of these people. And you can't do that. There should be no reason why there's a $10 chopped cheese. Or a $12 chopped cheese down, right? Are you kidding me? Right? And people don't, they don't, they don't get it. But, you know. You can't wake them all up, you know. Right. You can't. You can't wake up all of our people. I'm just happy for the for those artists who have continued to stay within the borough and not like that, you know, and stay true to themselves and their convictions and their stance on things, you know. And I'm thankful, like, for those little pocket of organizations and grassroots organizations that we have in the borough that are keeping the flame alive, because um, we're like the phoenix, right? The borough of the Bronx is like we rose from the ashes. Right, all those fires of the seventies and the eighties. Right, look how we had started having fires again. Not not yeah. too long ago. Right, a little a little trend. And look, another fire just happened. Uh, I, I forgot the girl's name. She they lost all their stuff mm-hmm. by Bailey Avenue. It's a it's a hot trend up there, right? Because they're changing the neighborhood. So people have to remember that history repeats itself. It might not be the, in the same manner, but it definitely does in different ways, right? But we have a lot of organizations like Love of the Bronx um that they help you know to do things in the community then we have uh to the other extreme we have take back the bronx right there's different ways to to uplift the borough and i don't think people will get that that both could work symbiotically you know what i'm saying that you sometimes need that fuego that fuel that that fight you know and then sometimes you need that passive side of of protesting and working towards uh, a community improvement uh, both could work in the same row because I think all of our voices here in the Bronx are, are very relevant. We just got different ways and tactics of, of how to go about it, you know? You're right. That's 100% right. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Everything you're saying is 100% the truth, man. And you, you know, you've experienced more of it than I have. You know, I came <laughs> up my, you know, my early childhood years in the late 90s and the early 2000s, but I still was seeing it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the same as what was going on in the 80s and the 70s, but. I still experienced a lot of that. So, mm-hmm. man, you 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 hit the nail right on the head with that, man. But now let's start talking about you, man. Let's just start let's start talking about you and how your career and everything got started with the craft and all the beautiful work that you guys have been uh, that you have been doing over the years. So, the first thing I want to know from you is 
what inspired you to start your career with art? What inspired you to want to go out and start with your own expression and the way that we did it in our in our community? What inspired that for you? So I've I've always been an artist, I guess, since birth. My mom said um, always drew. My mom is is a self taught artist as well, so she was uh, she was the artist of the family. She didn't go to school or anything like that, so she helped me develop uh, my art since kindergarten. And then I just always drew. And I went to, uh, I remember one of my teachers in school uh, told me that my work was never going to be in a gallery because I always drew. I love drawing, right? Um, and the art teacher that I had was like very hateful. Like I was a good artist for my age. And like she was one of those teachers that that she didn't feel impressed by me or she thought maybe I was showing off. So she was very encouraging. So I've always remembered what those two teachers told me. I got into the high school of art and design uh, and just continued drawing. I was always drawing as a kid and the high school of art and design is known as a Mecca of graffiti. Um, so as a kid, when I used to ride the trains with my mom, I used to see all the graffiti on the rooftops, all the tags in the train. I mean, I was riding the trains where like, you literally sat on ink because the trains were just tagged up all inside. You know, the lights used to shut off and on in the train, but I used to either doodle or carry a little piece of paper and see what I used to, uh, on the walls, I used to copy it. So I was always fascinated with graffiti and I was fascinated with uh, Bob Ross, PBS Channel 13. We didn't have cable, you know, uh, we didn't have any kind of cable. So Channel 13 was like the channel to watch uh, alternate uh, programs. So I used to watch Bob Ross and painting his happy clouds and stuff. Uh, so I got obsessed with painting and I just continued drawing, went to the high school, met a whole bunch of uh, graffiti writers, uh, pioneers of graffiti too, from my time from the golden era, Scuff, Kez Five, may he rest in peace, just a whole, my brother Vince, EOS, just a whole bunch of writers. It was part of the culture and then being from the Bronx, uh, you know, I was just surrounded with graffiti. It was like my museum. We didn't go to the museums downtown. I didn't even know there was a Bronx museum. We had no clue, you know? Um, there was no art programs, you know, uh, for, for us or that we knew of. If they were, they were very exclusive programs that you have to get into, you know, either in Pelham Parkway or in Riverdale. Um, but um, yeah, so I just started drawing and then got into graffiti. Uh, Meg Cope, uh, infamous graffiti writer from the Bronx, did my first wild style piece for him, met some infamous uh, graffiti writers, and then went to college, majored in art, secondary education, um, teaching, not per se teaching the traditional way. It wasn't really my thing. Uh, once I saw the, the work that you had to do, and it's just too restrictive. Um, and then I just, I went on to work for uh, Roberto Clemente State Park as a recreation specialist teaching art to the kids. Roberto Clemente State Park was a place that I grew up at. It was down the block from where I, where I lived. I used to go swimming there as a kid all the time. Um, so I winded up going back to the park that I used to go to as a kid and teaching the kids art there and became a AAU basketball uh, director. I used to coach, uh, help coach Tina Charles. That's one of my babies right there. Um, She's no longer with the Liberty, unfortunately. But, uh, and then I started working for City Parks, teaching, recreation director. I moved up in the ranks of the Parks Department. I eventually became a deputy chief and I was in charge of all the arts and cultural program for the borough. And I would still do workshops. So my thing has always been that creating programs and just teaching the kids. And I was always an artist, but it was like 
full-time job, starving artist. You know what I'm saying? So it was like job with benefits, full-time artist. Um, but my job gave me that opportunity and flexibility that I was able to still do my love of art within within that that job. Um, but I always did graffiti. Uh, I was in Cope's graffiti documentary. I was in the show called In the Mix on PBS, talking about graffiti at a very young age. It's always been in my lifeblood. Even after I got arrested, it's always been in in my life. Um, and with that, you know, I have a t-shirt line. Uh, I, I'm a collaborator with the Bronx brand. I'm an artist with them uh, all day, every day. Uh, yes, yes. Big up to Mike, big up to his wife, Tiara. They have a great brand. Uh, they're just, just they're, they're just great people, man. Uh, yes. The way they represent the aesthetic of the Bronx, then they give Bronx artists an opportunity to express themselves and to make money as well. You know, it's not like, hey, you designed my logo. I'm going to make sure it's in. I'm, I'm just paying you this little fee. You ain't making nothing. No, you're making money with them, you know? So shout out to them again. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's been my thing. I just, I teach art now and I'm a full-time artist, no longer working uh, with parks. Um, so this is my thing. Full-time artist, teaching kids workshops, uh, creating logos, doing murals. Like I said, my t-shirt line and working with other lines and other designers. But my, let me not say, because I might shoot myself in the foot because they, they say, don't speak about the things that are not done yet. So I got some plans cooking up and, and chefing up because I want to give an opportunity to the community. My, one of my goals is to teach these skills to the kids and have them create their own business and have them intern with me. Um, so look out for something hopefully soon. Uh, I'm going to hopefully fundraise. Me and Mike got something cooking up because we really want to show the kids how to become their own entrepreneurs and give them opportunities, how to learn how to screen print, how to design their own merch. Uh, run a shop, you know, um, and to stay in the hood and keep your wealth in the hood, community wealth, you know, not, not to leave the hood. Make sure it's about the Bronx, but you don't live in the Bronx anymore. Right. You know? Oof, yes. Ooh, I'm going to call you Rev because you preaching. <laughs> you are preaching. Ooh. Oh, I'm not going to ask you money, though. No donations. I'm not going to ask no, no money in the till. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you kind of touched on it and even with your answer about what inspired you. My next question is, what do you want to convey or what do you want your overall message to be with your art and all the the way the ways that you express yourself? What do you want people to get from you if if they just meeting you from the first time? What is something that you always want people to take away from you in all your work? Love. I'm all about love. Um, the way I got my tag name, K-Loves, because um, my first name is Karen, so it starts with a K. And so everybody used to just call me K. I really didn't like my name, Karen. Look, look nowadays, right? Because Karen means, I'm like, yo, I'm Boricua, and y'all name me Karen? Like, really? Seriously? Na Maria, Xiomara? Because Puerto Ricans, you know, we make up names on the island. Yeah. Karen, right? I had to be a Karen. Um, <laughs> and since I was, <laughs> since I was all about love um, in high school, it just kind of meshed. So it was Caleb, right? So that that's Caleb was birthed and born out of the high school bar and design. So um so my art is all about just love and it's it's color. It's about vibrancy and and color and and love, feeling and emotion and um connectedness. Um and I do a lot of stuff based about the Bronx too, but um 
like my artwork, like I did a mural by Maylene Reynosa, who was the girl that went missing a couple of years ago, that um, it was a big case um, that the NYPD really didn't do anything to search for her. And then she was found, uh, her body was found, I think at the Harlem River. Uh, so I did uh, a mural with Big Eyes World to show, shed light on some of the issues that are surround us, right? Social issues, like all the missing brown and Boricua girls and black girls and morenas and, and POCs that are out there that nobody's really speaking about, you know, not just here in the Bronx. I mean, nationwide, nationwide right? Yeah. Our, our girls are missing and it's just like, no one speaks upon it. So, you know, I will highlight stuff like that or um, issues about gentrification um, with like, what's the piano district? And a lot of my work is based on my roots of hip hop. So like my, the latest work out of the show, it's graffiti pioneers and hip hop pioneers. I do a lot of uh, hip hop related work and work related to Puerto Rico too. My earlier work is related to PR and uh, the liberation of Puerto Rico, being that it's one of the oldest colonies still out there under US colonial rule. My people can live a proper life down in Puerto Rico. Nobody knows about Puerto Rico. No one learns about Puerto Rico. What people know about Puerto Rico is J-Lo and Big Pun maybe and Fat Joe, you know, but there's more to us than that. You know, we don't, kids don't even learn about Puerto Rico in school. Um, but my work is about love and vibrancy um, and just spreading love through art, basically. Yes. That, and that's very important. You know, we always got to share that love. You know, that's yeah. one of the biggest things I like to do on the show. Just give the love away. You know, if I know yeah. of you. Even if like I just try my best to reach out to as many people as I can, you know, just because I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like I know the people I don't know them personally, but I always see them. I always mm -hmm. see what's you know happening. So I always just love to give the love out like, yo, bro, I see you. And if you got some time, man, please come on and talk, you know, because I want everyone to have an opportunity to get a little piece of what we all what we have every yeah. day, you know, just a little piece. And hopefully you understand that this Bronx. This Bronx movement or these Bronx people are always about love, always about each mm -hmm. other. Despite mm -hmm. what you see in mainstream media, it's always about love. It's always about looking out for one another. It's always about collaborating together. And that's one of the big that's one of the biggest, you know, boosts for me. Every time I get yeah. I ask somebody, you know, on, on social media, hey, like I got a podcast. I would like you to come on. They say yes. I'd be like, yes, finally, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, some 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 people out there get a chance to see or hear what, you know, some, something I already know, you know, mm -hmm. some I've seen Mike, like I've seen his work on TV. Right. And people just think, Oh, Diaz Samaro from the Bronx. They made that, that hat with the X mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. You know, they did that. And it's like, no, this is the guy who did this, this yep. guy, like mm -hmm. let's l listen to him, listen to him talk, listen to his journey and his process and everything that he goes through. You know, I had, Bronxo on they want people to be fit they want fitness yeah you know, they want to introduce yeah. health health and wealth in a place that you know we see a lot of fast food we see a lot of unhealthy mm -hmm. behaviors a lot of people with medical problems based off what we eat they want to introduce health and mm -hmm. they don't even want he don't, justin don't even want to be seen he just yep. want to put the message out so it's just like that's what i love like when i get to talk to people from here and they're always about love they're always about giving back they're always mm -hmm. about being selfless. And it's just like, yo, like this is su such so many beautiful people here. So many mm -hmm. beautiful people. And the, the I, borough just, is yeah. beautiful. I mean, they called the Bronx the all-America city, right? Like mm -hmm. when you see the signs where you enter the Bronx, you see it. It says 
All America City. Every state has their own tagline, and, and, that, and that is ours, All America City, because we're encompassed and we're made up of so many different nationalities, right? And people who are proud of the nationality and nationalities, and I think people forget about that about the Bronx. I mean, like Italian Americans in Morris Park and the real little Italy here in the Bronx. Real Italy, Italy people, that's right. Right? You got your Jamaicans, right? Two thirty third White Plains, very proud. Caribbean people are very proud, right? Jamaicans, Haitians, we got Puerto Ricans, we got Cubans, we got Dominicans, we got South Americans, Mexicanos, Central Americanos, right? We have a big Yemen community here mm -hmm. in Morris Park. We got a huge Albanian community. We have so many different cultures here, different than other boroughs, right? Because when you go to other boroughs, like boom, Flushing is is little Chinatown. Yeah, boom, you, you got you got um in ja in Jamaica Queens, all the Jamaicans right. in the Bronx is like where it's everything. Everybody. It's like a, a, a real big pot. Yeah, you got your little pockets concentrated here, there, but it's like, it's a real big pot here. And I think that's what makes this borough beautiful. And we're the last borough standing right now, you know? Straight up. Straight last up. Last borough standing right now. Straight up. So, Kay, the next question I have for you is, what were some of the shortcomings or obstacles that you had to overcome when you first got your career started with art? Because I know the art world is unforgiving. It's harsh. It's sometimes very discouraging. So, and especially as a a, a Boricua and a woman, I mm -hmm. could imagine that a lot. You had a lot more difficulties than a, let's say a man. Yeah. So, what were some of the main or biggest struggles and obstacles that you had to overcome when you first started? It's still a struggle, and it, I think it will, it will always be a struggle. Um, like I said, the art world is very picky, and then being from the Bronx it's it's even harder right and it's just the way the art world now how you have to navigate is so much different right so with social media it's it's made it a little more i think easier for me now to get my work out there right as from beforehand it was you had to try to get into a show right and the first show i ever did was a college show it was at uh suny stony brook when i was in college you know and and that was it. So whoever was on that campus is who saw my my show. Whoever was in Long Island is whoever saw the work, you know. But I couldn't get into any other galleries. And then the same, but, and also another struggle is that the resources for artists in the Bronx is is hard. Um, yeah, we have the Bronx Museum of the Arts, and we have BRAC, but. It doesn't serve everyone, you know. It's it, it's still hard. It's, it's a struggle. Um, and then just keeping aligned with your beliefs, right? Because I've been throwing gigs at, you know, I've been throwing gigs. Uh, but it's like I'm the type that I research. Are you a developer? Oh, come do this mural for me. Come do X and Y. Who are you tied with? Who are you aligned with? Because I'm very picky with who I choose to work with. Um, I, I can't be. Here goes Karen K. Love, the activist, Boricua painter, who says, what piano district, no gentrification, but yet that I'm going to take a job by Rubenstein, and Rubenstein's going to pay me five Gs for me to paint a mural in his in one of his buildings or his office. I can't do that. How does, how does that look like? Uh, so that's also difficult because certain money is thrown to certain people, even with grants, right? So grants is a difficult thing as well, too, because it's the, our community here in the Bronx is it's small, you know, Manhattan got their community and the Bronx has a, has its own community. So you either branch out from the Bronx the best you can, or you try to hone the Bronx, like what, what Crash is doing with Wallworks, you know what I'm saying? I'm just happy that I have that opportunity. Um, but it's been difficult. Um, but um, 
I think it was more difficult earlier on than it is now because social media has has helped a lot and it's just making sure you don't take those gigs from people that that don't align with your beliefs or your morals or your ethics right and staying true to yourself and not not, not selling out to yourself or selling out anyone else right right and it's very that's very important that's very important yeah. um my next question for you is what keeps you motivated in this space you know obviously i know that you love art you know you've been doing this since you came out the womb but what is what keeps you motivated every day? You want to keep pushing the art forward. You want to keep pushing the culture forward and inspiring the next. What is one of your chief motivations in this art space? The youth. I can't say that enough. The youth. Um, walking out in the streets and seeing the kids and, and seeing the, those faces and just seeing the community. Uh, that's what motivates me, right? And because those are the, our faces and I'm tired of hearing other people speak our stories. They're telling stories, right? We need to be the ones to tell our biographies, which is different. Um, and those kids and our, and our people, man, they, they were, they were keep me motivated. I mean, I've had opportunities to leave the borough if I wanted to. I walked away from a six figure job. I, I, I remind myself, you know, six figure job to just say, let me play a little silo, right? Right. But uh, I mean, and I'm I the one rolling the dice. No one right. else is rolling the no dice. No one else rolling that dice. You the one playing. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not, and I think it's important now for people to understand why are you working for someone else's dream, right? Like you put all the sweat, energy, and equity into someone else's dream for you to be someone's ERN number, employee reference number, for them to say you're essential one day and I don't need you the next, you know? Um, so I think seeing my people, you know, seeing the struggle that we still go through, seeing, you know, like it's crazy because I walk through some neighborhoods and I'm just like, damn, this, it still looks the same. Like what, the tax dollars that I pay, these politicians that get elected, like, that you keep voting for the same people that give you the same results. They're the, they're the one who fueled me because I see, especially when you come from working where I work from, like you see the real deal. Like you see the bureaucracy of things. You see why people are still struggling when they don't need to struggle. We have this mentality that we have to struggle, that we got to work hard. And that when we work hard and we struggle, then yes, it was a good thing. But why do we have to work hard and struggle? You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why do I have to pick myself up from the bootstraps? Why do I have to work that hard for something that shouldn't be that hard for me to obtain? You know, that's what pisses me off. And I think our people are in this mentality of you got to work and struggle. You got to work and struggle in order to succeed when you don't. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard at all. But yeah, I don't know if I, I went a little off there. Nah, but. I feel you. I feel that's one of the main reasons why I started the show. I used to work. And insurance. That's why I was working at before. And um, it was when the COVID first, you know, first invaded the city mm -hmm. and the employer was saying, you know, I, they'll remain nameless. You know, uh, you have to sign this form to say if any employee catches COVID, the the uh, employer bears no responsibility for what happens to the employee and employment, future employment at the company is at the mercy of the employer. And I said, I sat back and I said to myself, Denzel, what the hell are you doing? You know, why would you even sign that death note where they're telling you 
you're going to come here every day, going to negotiate public transportation. You're going to come here and work 40 hours a week, five days a week, maybe even some overtime. And if you catch this disease, we have no responsibility. I just said to myself, I said, Denzel, you have this idea to do this show for so long. You always have been this guy who never shuts his mouth from as, for as long as you can remember. Why are you continuing to follow the same road? Why don't you just try a new road, right? And when I just had that revelation, you know, internally, I was just like, yo, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this is going to go nowhere. I don't know if I'm going to be anything. But, yo, I cannot continue to just go through this rat maze, you know, with no end in sight, with no end in sight. Why don't I do something for myself that I always wanted to do that I that I could see so much beauty in, you know, like that's what that's what innovators do. That's what pioneers do. They think outside of the box. They think outside of the, the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people who know me for my whole life. I tell them I'm starting a podcast. They didn't believe. You know, they didn't think that it was going to be nothing. And that's what you kind of have to fight against every day. That's what keeps me so yep. motivated, having the opportunities to keep expressing myself, do what I mm -hmm. want to do, show love, and have the opportunities to talk to people like you, to yep. talk to people like Justin, talk to people like Mike, to talk to the Leland Legends, to talk to all these beautiful different people, yes. right? That if I was still working at the insurance company, it would never happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so- it's just so important. You know, I always try to put that out. Like if you're a young person out there and you got a dream and you got a belief and you got a talent, because everybody has talent. Yep. No one is born just to work and push a pencil somewhere. Everyone That's not, is a creator. Yes. Everyone has something special in them. You get you born with that. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I think that the youth now is very imperative that we always continue to do things like this mm -hmm. and just even as just a showcase of our creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Even as just a showcase of our individuality. You know, I know people who've been doing hair. They do, you know, go, you know, you sit down between somebody's legs and they do your hair and you fly. Yep. Well, why can't you then try and make that something where you don't have to mm -hmm. work at somebody else's salon or you don't have exactly. to even sacrifice what you, what you, what you love for the dollar, make your own dollar, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, I just really like, I really appreciate the movement of everybody doing something, yeah. all the young people out here, because it's really yeah. important and it's special. It is. It is. You know, this, if, if anything positive came out of these past two years for a lot of people is the liberation and entrepreneurship, right? Some people became liberated. They, for many reasons, right? Either they look like yourself, right? Either they saw that their employer wasn't valuing them. Um, so they bounced and they looked at their own skills and said, like you said, I've been doing X, Y, and Z. I can make a living off of it. You know, this is what I tell people all the time. You got some tough choices to make, especially now with all these mandates and all this crazy stuff that's going on. Right. But you have a choice. You still have a choice. It's a hard choice. You got to make hard one, but you still have a choice. Right. So. And sometimes you got to make that hard choice. And sometimes people are not capable of making that hard choice, right? Because they keep drinking that fluoridated water. Hmm. And, you know, 
So, but it's their choice. Ultimately, it's your choice. And you got a choice. That's right. The and choice is it. yours. You know, the, the like black sheep. Sheep said it the best. The choice is yours. Do that and dippity. So straight up, straight up. So that, that pivots us right into my next question. What advice would you give to a young person who came to you and said that they wanted to start their own business or they wanted to start their own creation or their own movement? What is some great advice that you could give out to the youth out there who may have that idea in their head, but they maybe just need a little extra push? Well, definitely research, right? Um, you have the internet now. You literally have and multiple different versions of encyclopedias mm-hmm. in your hand now in that thing called the phone that you guys spend thousands of dollars on every two years just to get a new one, um, <laughs> right? But you research. So research what you're going to get into. Look at other people. Um, See how difficult or easy it might be. Just you always want to be prepared. I think our people forgot how to be prepared about things in life because we're we've been so conditioned and used to someone telling you what to do. This is when you wake up. You got to go to the nine to five. You got to do the forty hour work week. This is you get a half an hour lunch break. You know all that crazy stuff. Um, research. Make sure you're passionate about it. You know, make sure you're passionate about whatever you're going to get into. Right. Uh, make sure you're committed. Make sure you 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 have a clear mind and space. Clear your mind before you get into anything, because um, you have to be in the mind in the right mindset. Um, and I, something I always do, even when I go shopping, and because starting a business or anything takes funding. You know, you got to think to yourself: Can I really do this now? How, you know, don't jump the gun. You know, do some goal setting. Uh, get yourself prepared. You know what I'm saying? And and, and be realistic about the goals that you write down. Uh, you know, don't try to like, for me with screen printing, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of equipment that I want to buy, but I'm working out of my home. I'm working from a studio downstairs, you know, um, I want to get a bigger dryer, but I'm like, do I have the money to buy a bigger dryer right now? Do I need to buy the bigger dryer right now? Am I getting all the jobs I need in order for me to, you know, to pay back that bigger dryer? So things like that, you know, just be realistic about things, find a great support system, you know, um, whether it be your parents or partner, your friends or loved ones. And don't tell everybody your business (laughs) about what you're gonna do. Um, I mean, I used to do that a lot early on and things bit me in the culo, you know what I'm saying? Um, And if you're gonna get into a partnership with somebody, make sure it's the right person, man, because that also bit me in the culo early on, you know, in life, you invest all this money, but your partner's like, I'm like, Where's your, where's your piece of the pie? You know, you can't be the only one investing in something unless it's just you, you by yourself. Um, and take time for self-love. Um, honor yourself and, and don't work yourself to the bone. We on this whole mentality of grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah, in the beginning you grind somewhat, but don't grind yourself to death, right? Because um, what good are you the next day? You know, if you got a job, you got to do, um, you got to refresh your mind, body and soul. And eat right, man. Uh, I think it's very important for the young bucks today. Eat right. Your physical affects your mental. Um, So make sure you just take care of your body and your health. Because I'm telling you, it makes a difference. I've been a vegan now eight years. um, And I'm not one of those vegans that get crazy about other people who are not vegan. You know, I'm not one of those. If my fries were fried in a fry that chicken was fried and I'm not going to go crazy because my people ate meat. So, and I used to eat meat myself, so I'm not a hypocrite, you know, uh, but 
take care of your body. Um, I could tell you legit, past eight years, I suffered from hypothyroid disease. I am no longer taking thyroid medication because I changed the way I ate. And I, you feel it. You feel lighter. You feel mentally clearer. Um, just change your eating habits. I'm not saying go vegan. I'm not, I'm not one of those. But just watch what you eat, man, because we live in the hood and we got 24-hour Habibi store, chicken wing here, there. I was part of that diet when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get it. But it's like, you got to think about why you see all this and you don't see like whole foods, you know, even though they're mad expensive, but like why we don't have fresh produce and better eating options. Like I've noticed lately, I don't know if you've noticed Denzel, but there's a whole bunch of crab shack places yep. opening up now. Yep. Right. Right. So me and my wife, I'm just like crab place here, two blocks up crab place there where BK's at down the block crab place here. And where are they putting them? Mm-hmm. Right, people got to wake up. Where are they putting them in the hood now? They putting them in our areas. You guys all know that crab and seafood and all that. It's so shrimp, high in cholesterol. Like we suffer from high cholesterol. Like there's a reason why they're putting these places there. That's not healthy food. You know, fried, you know, shrimps and crabs and all that stuff. That's not healthy. That's not healthy seafood. You know, but just eat right, people. That's all I'm saying. And, and you'll see how your business. And your mindset will prosper and always stay abundant, stay in a positive mindset. That's the most important thing. We have a habit of playing this victim mentality mindset a lot of times and dwelling within our, like, there's people straight up that love to be miserable. That's true. You have to get out of that after a while. You know, you can't, you can't always talk about what you don't got. We're in this mentality of lack. If you keep on saying, oh, but I don't got money. I don't got money. You're never going to have money. What are you doing to get that money? I don't have a girl. Like I had a, one of my homeboys. He would post all the time how he was single. I was like, Jesus. He would post all the time how he was single. I don't have a girl. I don't have a girl. I'm single, single. And I used to tell him, bro, you keep on saying you're single. You're always going to remain single. You're in that mentality that you're, you know, you're saying that you're not good enough. Nobody wants you. Guess what? That's what you vibing out. So what you vibe out is what you're going to get right back. So I think we need to stay clear-headed, positive, and speak about the things we do have and appreciate the things you do have right now, you know, and I, and stay in that mindset of abundance because we are abundant, man. I'm abundant right now. I'm happy to be alive. I'm abundant. I'm here with you, speaking to you, speaking to your audience. Whatever comes from this comes from this. You know, if I inspire other people, great. You know, someone might hit me up now, you know, for gig or for a job but i'm able to speak to you vibing with you i love speaking to you right now like you like just this whole exchange is making me very happy you know and yes. that's what it's, that's what it's all about right this is this is what what it's all about you know yes okay i'm gonna start i'm gonna really i'm gonna call you rev every time i see you i'm gonna call you rev <laughs> i'm gonna call you rev k because oh. woo, you on the pulpit right now speaking that real and i appreciate it i really do and it's, it's important. You know, I always, I try my best, you know, because I don't talk about quote unquote serious things all the time. I talk about fun things. I talk about sports. I talk about music, but always I, I try and put it out. Like anything that you want to do, you can do, right? Mm-hmm. There's no limit on what you can do. There are certain limits at maybe at one time or another, but if you have the drive, the determination and the dedication, 
anything that you want yes. in this world is possible. And you yes. just have to believe it. Nobody else has to believe it except you. Exactly. Right. When I started this podcast in my in my room in my mama house, I didn't know what was going to come of it. And now look at me now. I ain't all the way at the top. Look at me. But, look at me. Mm-hmm. but people know me. People respect me. People want to talk to me. People listen. And I appreciate it because it's mm-hmm. like this is the work that I'm putting in. And I'm going always with good intentions and with a clear heart and with just a determination. Mm-hmm. And it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Everyone looks at the big, oh, okay, well, I can't be like, you know, my name is Denzel. I'm named after Denzel Washington. I can't be like Denzel Washington, so I'm not even going to try. Well, what what kind of attitude is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't be like Denzel Washington, so you're not even going to try? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if Jay-Z, who just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, says, oh, man, I can't be like the notorious B.I.G., one of his biggest idols, I'm not going to try. We never get reasonable doubt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We never yeah. get... In my lifetime, volume two, you know, life and times of Sean Carter, the whole catalog, you know, mm-hmm. if any great person in history looked at the greats of their era and said, well, I can't be like them, so I'm not going to try, then we would have no culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yep. I just think it's extremely important to always give that message out. I know a lot of people go through a lot and have difficult upbringings and difficult lives, but just because what you go through in the past doesn't mean... You can't change your present and your future. And I always try to put that out, you know, as a main theme of the show. Like this is about fun. This is about, you know, um, collective collective uh, efforts and collaborations and love. But it's also about, you know, just showing you that any idea that you have or any talent that you have, if you put the work to it and you believe in it, it could be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's just the motivation, the inspiration. and and to know that anything is possible, anything, it, there's not, no such thing as impossible, right? It is all possible. It depends on what you do and how you go about it, how you move in life. And it's ultimately up to all the decisions you make. Yeah, we get some grimy stuff thrown at us, you know, a lot of grimy stuff thrown at us in life. Um, and you could have two people coming from the same hood, but, and take two totally opposite directions. You know, one goes to Harvard, the other one stays in the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have people say, oh, but look, they both grew up in the same block. She made it to Harvard. He's still in the hood. Yeah. But how is the, the dynamics of the parents at home? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of different multiple factors. Right. Who was inspiring this kid? You know, while this kid, you know, there's so many things. But yeah, we could do anything, man. And I think it's like you can't stop, won't stop attitude that we have to have. Can't stop, won't stop. And that's it. Regardless of what people throw at you, be like a ninja, you know, dodge you know you, you got to we've been dodging so much here in the bronx man we still keep getting ish thrown at us constantly constantly cross bronx expressway was oh. thrown at us you know oh. so so many things these if you say oh. the name robert moses to me that's like you saying the f word to me yeah no yeah this, oh. place, this place thousands of people uplifted neighborhoods man and, and people don't don't get it they don't they don't see it they don't understand it and it's literally still happening not as fast as it happened in Brooklyn, right? And other boroughs, yeah. but it's it's happening here. I just went down. When, where were you? They just built a building by the gallery. And I looked up off the deacon. I'm like, like the skyline has changed, right? Before we, certain places in South Boogie, you used to have that view of the river. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, you got these big towers and buildings there. I'm like, who's living in it? Mm. You know, who's living in it? 
But, you know, we have the bourgeois in our community that, you know, they'll occupy those spaces because they think they're above a lot of us and stuff like that. But, you know, to each his own. Yes, to each his own, for sure, for sure. All right. So, man, Rev, oof, man, I, hey, hey, I need to pass the plate. Oh, where to play that? Hold on, where to play? Let me, let me pass the plate. I do take EBT. I, take, <laughs> I, I do barter. I barter, barter. I take crypto. I take Dogecoin, you know. All forms. I, I take Ethereum. I take, I take it all. No Shibuino right now. But. No, none of that right now. It's too, none you don't that. know too much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So moving right along, Kay, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H. B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And K, every show I do, I answer questions from the listeners uh-huh. of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to show them that it's just, it's the show is more than just you and I talking for an hour and some change. So what I would like to do with you is have you answer some of the questions okay. from the listeners just to get your opinions on what they want to know from K. All right. So, the first question from the listeners is, and I know you're going to have a great answer for this. Who is one of the most slept on legends in history? Okay. So not everybody might know about this. So I'm going to speak about graffiti history, graffiti legends. Um, someone who slept on is a legend here in the Bronx, Tracy 168. Tracy... Um, for anyone who lives in Upper Bronx, Kingsbridge Avenue, Jerome, Tracy's the one who came up with the whole term wild style in graffiti. So all the lettering that you see with the arrows and the breaks, that was termed by him. The movie Wild Style, which if you've never seen it, check the movie out, Wild Style. Um, they, didn't give him, they didn't give him credit for it. And he's a very slept on artist, Tracy 168. You'll see a lot of his old school murals around Kingsbridge. He did stuff when... Um, Key, the old original skate key was open. Um, his work is fabulous. His, he has done work internationally. And when he came up, um, he took a lot of the youth from Kingsbridge. Because uh, he's, 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 a, he's, he's a white boy. He's, he's a white brother. Uh, but he gets sick with it. And he embraced our youth, man. And he taught, like when he would do gates, paved gates and murals, he would get the kids to do it with him. But his style is, Unlike anyone, um, I think he should get a spot in the Museum of Graffiti, which there's a Museum of Graffiti out in Miami of all places and not here in New York. Um, but he's a he's a slept on legend. I mean, the work and the amount of work that he put in in graffiti, hitting the trains like this brother used to freaking hit the four trains like he was king of the four line at one time. Like you would see Tracy all over the trains. Um He's a slept on legend. So I know not everybody might not know about graffiti uh, who's listening, but Tracy 168. So I want to give the brother props because uh, he's he's definitely a, a legend in my book and in my eyes. That's right. Well, shout out to Tracy, man. That's great history. See, that's great knowledge that we don't even know. You know, I got a graffiti inspired logo and it's part of what he contributed yep. to the culture. So yep. shout out to Tracy. And I appreciate you bringing that to the show. I appreciate that information. The next question that I have for you from the listeners is, <laughs> what recent experience has made you, Kay, feel old? So painting with these kids at PS55, they were singing some song, 
saying something. I had no, I don't even know who it was they were talking about. And I was like, what? They said something to me. And they were like, you don't know what we're talking about? And I'm like, I don't understand mumble. I'm sorry. I don't get it. And I just felt so like I was, my face <laughs> turned red. And they were like laughing at me. And I was like, it's all good. And then I'm like, do you know who Biggie is? Do you know who De La Soul is? And they're like, huh? You know, they, they don't know. And I'm like, eh. so, you know. Uh, and that's also a teaching moment for me, for them, to let them know a little, you know, a little history and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, I, you know, I felt old. I was like, damn. I, like, I had no idea what they were talking about. Because I really honestly don't listen to any of the current stuff. I'm, like, stuck in that that 90s, 2000 <laughs> period still, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I, I got a similar story to that. I tell the story all the time because it really just blew my mind. I was talking to a person who was younger than me, maybe, like, 19 or 20. And I'm, I'm 27, so that gives you a reference. And I was saying, shake it like a Polaroid picture, right? That's shake it like a, po just from, yeah. that's quoting, obviously, the Polaroid camera and Outcast, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so they, the way that they looked at me with confusion, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. They were like, what? Huh? And it's just like, okay, you may not know what a Polaroid picture is because you grew up with uh -huh. the phone. So, okay, I'll give you a pass. But if you don't know who Andre 3000 and Big Boy are, that's a problem. Yeah. And I'm offended. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, wh like what? That's like, like that, that's like that channel. There's there's a, a channel with these uh, brothers. They're twins. They're, they do um, music video reviews. They're two bro brothers from Atlanta somewhere. I forgot what they, I followed them. And they'll listen to videos. They'll see videos of hip hop from back, even out like Outkast. And I'm, they were like, "We've never heard this before." And we're like, "I'm like, what?" It's I'm crazy. Like, what, was it that long ago? Like, you know, like what was it that long ago? Because I'm just like everything that I hear now sounds so repetitive. You know, like so much the same that at least back then there was some. It was a difference. You know what I'm saying? Different it, flavor. Different, different flavor. You know, we had New Jack Swing, hip hop. We had so much different. Like Outkast was on a, a class of its own during that yes. period, right? You know, so it's it's just crazy. So, but I feel you, man. I feel you. These, these cats, these young kids, be like, I'm like, what? <laughs> but at the same time, I like to keep. I like to talk to young people a lot because my mom always say, um, being around young people keep you young, right? Yeah. You get older, but you don't get old. So I like it when they talk to me about like new stuff. They put me on game. Or like new trends or mm -hmm. show me new how to work things. Cause the, let me tell you something. These kids with this phone is something that we should be studying in museums. There are like kids like three years old who can barely make sentences who know how to use an iPhone, who yeah. know how to use an iPad. Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy. So I like to, so it, it, I think we both benefit from it. Like I can show you. Mm -hmm old school joints like i could give you old tupac albums to listen to old biggie old jay-z i could put you on like mf doom and then yeah. you guys could tell me about like the new technology and mm -hmm. the new guys who's bubbling the new sound so oh. i always like to think of it as like a, a trade-off like okay i'll give you some of the old flavor and you give me some of the new flavor and we both benefit so yeah, that good. way you know when you see outcasts you know or the fujis or something you not looking like you've never seen it before in your yes, life yes 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 what's what's the new drip as they like to say i'm like <laughs> what they're like the drip drip it's drip i'm like okay all right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good though it's always good to keep that it's good that partnership you know some one thing i don't like is 
I don't like maybe let's say some people in the older generation, like sometimes you see young people who want to learn like about older, you know, school artists. Right. Uh-huh. And then they get like really upset that they don't know. It's like the same way like the kids is like, how you don't know that? It's like I've mm-hmm. seen like older people do that to the kids. And like you got to yeah. understand, like they're still kids. So if they come to you and you're asking you about Aaliyah, like you shouldn't you shouldn't yeah. like scoff at them know. and make. Yeah, yeah, they you should teach them. And then. Yep. They learn from you and then they could teach you stuff. So I always, I always like to do that. It's like sometimes on the show, I play old school joints. I play old mm-hmm. records. I play like old R&B. And I just talk about my era. Like one episode, I played Beanie Siegel. Wow. Um, and somebody was like, yo, who is Beanie Siegel? And I just thought in my mind, like, yo, I'm really going to like tell them about Beanie Siegel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them some albums to listen to on Spotify or Apple. Just so you know, like that little small era of hip hop mm-hmm. in the early 2000s when Rockefeller had the game on smash. Yeah, Dame, Dame, Dame Dash was pivotal for that. And I'm Super. happy that Jay Z shouted him out. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was that, that era. But look, just like um, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when they, when um, this chick, what's her name? She brought Missy Elliott out and people were just like, the generation was like, oh, yeah. my God, who is that? They were like, who is this new person? I mean, that got me hyped. That whole Super Bowl thing. I was like, I was like, forget Katy Perry. That's a yeah. I was like, I just is all Missy about Missy Elliott. Right. But she now drew a new generation, right, of artists, of kids, rather, to listen to her music. Because they were like, because when the music and the beat is good, when you got that hook, when it's good, when it's pure, it lasts forever. That's why there's certain tunes you can still hear nowadays. Like, if I play Rob Bass's Takes Two. Yep. People are still going to be jumping, right? Because there's, there's certain songs, a certain vibration that that hold true and they last long. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, man, I love Missy Elliott, man. That, she's yes. on my concert bucket list for sure. Yep. Yep. I want to see yep. Missy Elliott because she's super, yep. super, super, super dope. She was doing stuff like I would watch, you know, you watch the music videos as a kid. You're just like, how do you think of this? Like, yep. how how is this in your yep. mind? Her and Busta Rhymes, they had oh, man. videos, right? Oh, the, their concepts were just like crazy to me. Super you know? futuristic, man. Like, yes, yes, I yes. saw, I got a chance to see Busta Rhymes. Um, I saw Busta Rhymes. I went to see Kanye at the Garden. It was 2013. And A Tribe Called Quest performed. And then they brought out Busta Rhymes. Let me tell you, it, we were in the Garden. Mm. Well, as soon as Busta Rhymes came out and they played Scenario... I felt like uh, the place was going to explode. Like Buster Rhymes yeah. is the, oh my gosh. Like that's and, one of the greatest memories I ever had in my life. And, and he got the toughest lines in that song because there's yes. things that I'm just like, what the, like, what did he say about the library, the vocabulary? Yeah. Yo, yeah, Buster, Buster, Buster Rhymes, man. Yeah. Oof, man. Talk about, that's a legend right there. Buster yeah, Rhymes. Definitely, definitely. Leaders of the new school. Yes, 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 indeed. And rest in peace, Fife Dog. I gotta say it every time yeah, I talk about the tribe. Yeah. Rest in peace, yes. Fife. Rest in yep. peace. And then Snug Doogie just recently passed away from Brand Nubian as well. Yes, days ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, these these are these are these are pioneers for our generation, for my, at least for my generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We gotta show love to the people who innovated the sound, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Straight up. All right. So, okay, my last question from the listeners for you today is, if who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight and why? Okay. So when I thought of this question, for some reason, I thought of someone that who was dead, right? Yeah, that it could be a living no, or no, dead. No, no, no longer with us. So not many cats, people will know who this person is. But 
Uh, her name is Lolita Lebron. So for all my uh, Boricuas and Puerto Rocks out there, um, and just for everybody out there, just uh, Lolita Lebron was a freedom fighter for Puerto Rico. Um, so back in like, I think it was 1956 or 57, uh, some, sometime around there, uh, her and like three other compatriots, uh, they flew from Puerto Rico to Washington DC and they stormed Congress because Puerto Rico is still a colony of the United States. So they wanted the free and independence of Puerto Rico. So they stormed Congress and she was dressed up daft like in this dope outfit and dress with red lipstick. And they went to Congress while it was in session and they shot up on the, the ceiling and she demanded for the freedom of Puerto Rico. And they arrested them as terrorists. And she was locked, she was in jail in federal prison for over 20 years, man. I think uh, President Clinton is the one who finally pardoned her. She, while in prison, she lost her kids. They died. She didn't get to attend their funeral. Uh, but I would love to sit next to her to see why she felt so passionate. Like, I mean, I feel as passionate about, about Puerto Rico as she does. I wasn't born on the island, but I'm first generation here. My parents were born there. So I'm part of the Boricua diaspora here, uh, first generation Boricuas here. Um, but it's a struggle that we still continue on today and that, and she's always been a role model and mentor to me. So I would love to sit with her and just pick her brain about how they organize, you know, what was her thoughts and her passion and her feelings behind storming Congress? Because imagine you're you're a woman with three of the guys taking a flight from PR with guns, storming the Capitol, like storming Congress. And when they arrested her, you could look at clips. They they did an article about her. They said uh, the lady in red, you know, like they love, love to glamorize and make Latinas exotic and hot and fiery and all this stuff. Um, they said that they, they were there to kill the people and they interviewed her and she's like, I did not come here to kill anyone. I came here to die for the freedom of my country, you know, um, at whatever cost, because no one was hearing our voices. No one still hears our voices about the liberation of Puerto Rico. Like the Puerto Rican voice here is very, it's not spoken about that much about our struggles at all, right? Um, but I would love to sit down and pick her brain um, you know, in, in the afterlife because she's a role model to me. She's uh, she's powerful, a powerful woman, you know, um, to be able to have the courage to to just fight for what she believed in, regardless of the odds. And for her to be locked up as long as she was. And then when she was released, she still went and was still fighting for the freedom of Puerto Rico. She never shut her mouth, not one moment, not one time. She always spoke against the United States and it's imperialism against not only Puerto Rico, but other countries throughout the world, how Puerto Rico has a habit of just, I mean, not Puerto Rico, the United States has a habit of going to other countries and destabilizing them and, and doing what they do best, right? You know, taking the resources away from the people and then blaming the people right. for any insurrection or blaming the people when they decide to stop and organize and, and fight and be revolutionaries, right? Um, so yeah, we'll love to sit next to her, Lolita Lebron. Yeah. See, look, Rev, you done did it again. You done did it again. Each Man, one, I... each one, brother. This is what it's about. You know, yes. I'm learning from you and, and you know, when listen to your podcast too with other people, like when you had Elon Legends, everybody with Mike, you know, we, we all learn from each other. Everyone's stories. It, we're all part of everyone's of each other's stories, man. We it's like a big fabric, a, a, a quilt, a, a big uh, patchwork quilt, right? that makes this beautiful borough and and people 
uh, especially um, us people of color, POCs, whatever acronym name you want to call it, us indigenous, aboriginal, melanated, whatever shade of melanation you have in you, us, you know, I think it's very important. Um, we've gone through a lot. Um, and we continue to go through a lot, man. That's just a cycle of this of this life right now. We just got to keep on pushing forward, man, and doing our best. 100%. 100%. I appreciate the knowledge. I appreciate the information. I really do. So my last question for you today, Kay, is what is one thing that you want to leave the listeners with as just a piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very important that you want to express to leave the listeners with or a little something to remember you by today? You got to give to get, right? So whatever you give out is what you're going to get back, right? Um, and always remember that we're connected, we're all one, and that whatever we do in life impacts everyone else in a sense, right? Um, and live authentically and true to yourself. That's all I can say. That's the if you feel something in your gut and you into intuition, that is your, your soul speaking upon you. That is your ancestors speaking. Those whispers you hear in your ear, the chills you get, those are your ancestors letting you know something. Always stick to your intuition. Your intuition will never fail you. Never fail you. Um, and just live positively and try not to harm others or yourself. Uh, that's, that's the best thing I could tell people. Just be authentic to yourself and love yourself first and foremost because people forget that. Right. You have before anyone can love you, you gotta love yourself. Get to know yourself, your good and your your darkness, because we're both we're a balance of good and light, right? right? So get to know those ugly things about you that people have might have picked, you know, told you in relationships that you didn't want to see. Now do the inner work and say, damn. And then you'll be whole. Um, and you'll feel good about yourself and you could translate that and transmute that to others. Always transmute love, man, because there's always someone that loves you. Even if you don't love yourself, man, there's people that love you. There, there are people that love you. Um, and just spread that love in whatever way and, and live in grace and be graceful about things, man. Because every day is a blessed day. Every day is an opportunity for you to change your circumstance, uh, your way of life. It's a way to change and impact other people positively. Um, so, you know, try to try to be that change, but don't force your will on people because it's never going to work. You know, oh, never force your will upon people. And, and that's a, that's about it, brother. <laughs> yes. Well, K Rev, as I'm calling you, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate, I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate the education and the knowledge and the game that you kick. I really, truly do. And this is what makes me so happy that I left that old job and started doing this, the opportunity to talk to all great people who live in the borough. So, Kay, I want to roll out the red carpet for you. I would like for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can reach you. All right, my people. Instagram, KLoveBX. Uh, my website, www.KLoveBX, is currently under construction. You can also find my merch on the Bronx brand. Um, in collaboration with Mike and them there. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, KLoveBX. I've been off of Facebook for years. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm down with this whole metaverse thing right now, but I might get back on Facebook. We'll see. But that's where you can find me at. Um, and my show's still on. 
down and it's open at Warwick's Gallery up until November 17th. So if you want to check out my portraits of graffiti pioneers, as along with Lady Pink's fabulous colorful portraits, uh, just check out uh, the Warwick's Gallery, give them a call. Shout out John and Anna. Um, and that's it. And Denzel, thank you, my brother. I, I appreciate you immensely. Thank you for this opportunity. It's all about the borough. It's all about the love. It's all about spreading positivity. Um, and like, like I said, we are the Phoenix. We're rising from, from these ashes um, and we're building a, a, a strong foundation. Um, and I love what you do, man. And keep, keep doing what you do and keep giving this opportunity. And thank you for quitting your old job because um, I wouldn't have this opportunity. And look, I resigned from my old job too. So it, I wouldn't been able to do this if I was still there. Um, but thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, Kay. I really do. I really appreciate you coming on. And it is tradition around here on the Bronx Bars podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we play at the end of our show. So, Kay, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? So, in honor of Albert, to us named Pee Wee, Pee Wee from Mob Deep. Um, his birthday just passed. May he rest in peace. I would love for you to play the shook ones. Man, I really appreciate it, Kay. I really do. I truly appreciate it. And again, much love and much success to you. What you're doing with the kids, what you're doing with your art, how you keep, you know, the essence of the Bronx and everything that you do. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on today and talking with me. Thank you. And peace to all you guys. Thank you so much for listening. BX, baby. BX. All day, every day. Round of applause for the homie, the Rev, the truth and knowledge dropper, K-Love BX. Round of applause. And lastly, let us do our NFL predictions. We're going to run through them this week. I don't have much time for analysis. Uh, you know, like I usually do for the NFL games, me and Kay was rocking, rocking too long. So I don't want to keep you guys for, you know, two hours or so. So we just going to run through the games. I will say, though, I'm happy for my guy Odell. Happy for my guy Odell Beckham Jr. Finally got out of Cleveland. Cleveland Browns did not deserve you, bro. You're too special. You're too good of a wide receiver. And, of course, they're going to try to make it look like it was all your fault. But the real culprit is Baker Mayfield, and he's not good enough. If you got somebody that talented as Odell and you can't get him the ball, it's a him problem and not an Odell problem. So I'm happy for my guy. I hope he can get to a good team and they can see how good he really is still because they're going to try to make it seem like he's washed up or like he's too much of a problem. We already saw what happened with Randy Moss with Oakland. As soon as he got to the Patriots, broke all kinds of records. So happy for my guy, Odell. I'm happy you got out of that situation. And there's so many other stories in the NFL. But again, we don't have the time, so I'm just going to run through all the games. Uh, last week's record for week eight, I went nine and six on picks, and that's not good. We like to get double-digit wins each week. So we're going to try for improvement for week nine. I'm off to a good start for week nine. I got the Thursday night football game correct with the Indianapolis Colts beating the New York Jets. And now let us go through Sunday's slate of games. First game, Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. I will take the Miami Dolphins. We got the Denver Broncos against the Dallas Cowboys, and I got the Cowboys on that. Uh, After that is the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I got the Bengals to win that. Next game after that is the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, and I will take the Baltimore Ravens to win that game. 
Next game, Las Vegas Raiders against the New York Giants, and I got the Raiders to win that game. Uh, after that, we have the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints, and I will take the Falcons. Um, next game after that is the Baltimore, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I will take the Buffalo Bills to win that game. The next game after that is the New England Patriots against the Carolina Panthers, and I got the Patriots on that one. Next game after that is the Los Angeles Chargers against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will take the Chargers. Next game after that is the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers, and I will take the Arizona Cardinals for that game. Next game after that is the Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I got the Chiefs to win that game. No Aaron Rodgers. Chiefs got that one in the bag. Uh, next game after that is the Tennessee Titans against the L.A. Rams, and I got the Rams to win that game. Finally, the Monday Night Football game is the Chicago Bears against the Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers, and I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win that game. And to get a head start on Week 10, Thursday Night Football is the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins, and I will take the Baltimore Ravens for that game. Let's see how I do this week on picks. I don't like single-digit win weeks. We need double digits every week. So let's see if I do better this week on picks. And those are my predictions for week nine and into 10 for the NFL. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 79 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Den. Zell, I want to say a special, special, special thank you to my guest for today, Kay Love. I really appreciate the knowledge, the education, and the passion that we had, the passionate conversation that we had today. I really, truly appreciate it. I wish you nothing but love and success in the future. Um, thank you guys for everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on social media. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Come mess with me on there. I've got hoodies. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I got COVID masks and stickers, but much, much more to come. Again, I'm an independent potter from the BXMY, and so supporting the merchandise is just the best way to help keep the merch, to keep the podcast going the way that it is. I'm going to have no sponsorships or any deals as of yet, so any support I can receive on the merchandise will be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated, and I sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has purchased some merchandise from me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And we are going to fade you guys out today with a great, great song, which is my guest K-Love's Choice, and it is called Shook Ones by Mob Deep off of the album The Infamous, and this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 79. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out. Be safe, and I will speak to you guys next week. We are out. Hold up, son, word. Yeah, to all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. For real, niggas who ain't got no feelings. Feelings. Check it out, man. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous, you heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. The mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those.
with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for themselves in this land, we be gunning. And keep them show crews running like they supposed to. They come around, but they never come close to. I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place. Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and such. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we're major. You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. The crew is featherweight. My gunshots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is older. When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Just a short one. 